RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to a very, very special Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with uh, Michael Pelka. Although I don't feel very special, I must admit. I'm sorry. And beans, you know why it's special today? Why? Because it's my husband's birthday. Oh, how great is that? How how old are are we allowed to ask? How old yeah. Mr. Beans is? Mr. Beans, who loves to send around gifts of himself as Mr. Bean. <laughs> does he really? Yeah, he does. <laughs> Because people started calling him Mr. Beans, and he, we love that show and that the movies and all. We used to watch it all the time, so he started sending around gifts of himself as Mr. Bean. Um, he's 42 today. Oh, good for him. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, many happy returns, uh, Hair Beans. I hope it is a <laughs> great day, and you and your bride celebrate appropriately. It is one of the days that is most precious to me in the year, Mike. Really? Can yeah. I, the others? Well, my kids' birthdays. Okay. My my you know my family's birthdays, obviously, and my my wedding day is also very very dear to me. Those are good. Those are excellent days on which to pause and give thanks for all the myriad blessings you have. Well, think about it. If he was never born, my life would be absolutely completely different right now. I don't even know what I would be doing or who I would have as my babies. Hence the the premise for It's a Wonderful Life. I wish I was never here. I wish I was never born. Sorry, I digressed. <laughs> so we started off the morning today very like last night at around, I don't know, 1130. I was in one of my little groups on Telegram and somebody sent the clip. I didn't even know the Oscars was going on because these people are just bloviating blowhards in my opinion. But Apparently, Chris Rock is up on stage, who I despise. He is so racist. Chris Rock? Yeah, well, you know, he's a comedian. He he yeah. said what's on his mind. He doesn't have a filter. He doesn't play by society's games. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a racist comedian though. Like legit doesn't like white people. It's not hmm. an act. It's not. Well, I I I've, I've had two encounters with him and he didn't express any animus towards me, but I didn't witness it. So I can't speak to that. Well, white people who encounter um, black people who are actually inherently racist don't typically express animus outwardly either. That's true. That's a fair point. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> okay. So there you were last night in a, in a chat group on telegram and somebody sends you a clip. Somebody sent me a clip of Chris Rock dropping a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, who I had no idea because I don't follow this kind of stuff, has alopecia, apparently. Yeah. And he drops a G.I. Jane joke saying, hey, can't wait for G.I. Jane 2. The, the camera shoots over to Will Smith. He's giggling. Then all of a sudden, after the joke's over, Will Smith gets up, marches on stage. It's not... Planned. I don't care. Like a lot of people are out there saying this is all staged. I don't believe that for a second. The the emotions were too genuine on Will Smith. And he 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 smacks him across the face like really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which everyone's like, oh, why didn't he punch him? And my husband aptly said, because a slap across the face to a man is like the biggest insult in the world. Oh, he, your husband is so right. Mr. Bean spot on. 
he he didn't just slap him in in street parlance in West Philly parlance. He bitch slapped him. Yes. And then he went back to his seat and Chris Rock stood there like stunned. Yeah. And 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 then and then, you know, the rest he screamed out expletives about keeping his wife's name out of his effing mouth. And then the show went on like nothing happened. And it was interesting to me. Well, it was funny this morning because my husband was sleeping when this happened. So when he woke up this morning on his birthday, he sees this and he texts me and he goes, people forget where Will Smith came from. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, he's from Philly. And I said, no, no, no. Well, he's from West Philly, born and yeah. raised, spent most of his time on the playground. Yeah. <laughs> Chilling it, out, maxing, relaxing, cooling, shooting some b-ball outside the school. Then a couple of guys, Mike, they were yeah. up to absolutely no good, came up, started making trouble in his neighborhood. He got in one little fight and his mm-hmm. mom got scared. Yeah, she did. She said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. That's uh, that's exactly true. And do you know why there won't be uh, charges, criminal charges filed on Will Smith for this onstage live TV assault on Chris Rock? Because he was able to whistle for a cab and get it to come over? No, 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 no. They investigated. The LAPD actually investigated. um, And uh, uh, you would think they would file charges because they found fresh prints. (laughs) Sorry. Chris Rock not going to file charges, so there won't be any criminal charges. He, he pulled up to the house around 7 or 8, which is when I think this was actually happening. <laughs> you are intent on getting through the whole song, aren't you? <laughs> he looked at his kingdom. He was finally there. Yeah, he was. He was. And Viv and everybody was there. They're all there. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. It's wonderful. I appreciate it. I absolutely appreciate it. I got up this morning at four o'clock for my usual uh, prep to radio people that I send. And uh, I I don't watch the Oscars. I have given up on them. I'm done. We're done. Your award ceremonies, generally all of them. I don't watch any of them. Neither do I. And uh, so I, I even put a, a a quiz out last night, a a poll to see who was going to not watch them and what they were going to do instead of it. And one of the answers was elective root canal. So, and a lot of people chose that, but 4% of the people who follow me on the Twitters on social media actually did partake. And so that I, I had seen all this in the trending session and in the trending list. So I watched it and I have the uncensored version from Japan if you think it's okay, we can play oh, it. Oh, we can play it. We can do anything on this show. That's good. Um, so here it is, uh, the the uh, event that has the world all a Twitter. Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of it. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of it. Will Smith just smacked out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's G.I. Jane out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was the greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. So we are here to uh, give a documentary out. 
So he, he was trying to put the train back on the tracks. Yeah, yeah, he sure was. I mean, can you imagine, like, experiencing that, honestly? I can't. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been able to contain myself from hitting him back. Like, what the? <laughs> well, Will, I'm sure Chris Rock, who's not that big of a guy. Will Smith is a big guy. He's, he's a big guy, and he trained to be a credible boxer when he did the Muhammad Ali film. So he's had some training. He's in some shape. And uh, it, it is interesting that he initially laughed and then saw his wife was giving him serious side eye. And then he Listen, climbed up on the stage. There's a lot going around because I don't know, like, I guess a couple of months ago, they announced they have an open relationship, Mike. Oh, this has been going. They've been talking about being open in their marriage for a long, long time. So and a, lo a lot of people have talked about how they might have enjoyed uh, physically, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of, of actors. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into this, but that, that has been around for a while that they have a, an open marriage. And then somebody goes, wait a minute, you, you got other people bumping uglies with your wife, but somebody makes a GI Jane joke. And then other folks are saying, well, it's alopecia. You know, she has a, she has a, a medical condition that won't let her have hair. So I just it, feel like there's some kind of a backstory that we're completely unaware of with this. Well, go back to 2015 when Chris Rock previously hosted the Oscars and he made some Will Smith and Jada Pinkett jokes. So this may have been simmering for seven years. Oh, that would be ridiculous. What no, about, that, what about that if the neighborhood that's uh, hood hood beef goes on for some time? What happens? What about Ricky Gervais last year? Well, I hear Ricky Gervais is going to host next year, and he's already got 35 Jada Pinkett Smith jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Which he would. Ricky Gervais is great. Ricky Gervais gives the comedy. But now, uh, what, what if this had been a white actor who walked up and slapped Chris Rock? Well, a lot of people are saying that, too. Yeah. There, there's so many different things about this. I believe it was real. You believe it was real, right? Yeah, I do. I, I have a buddy who's also on the radio named uh, Rich Zioli. He's a good friend. And uh, Zioli is convinced it is as his Italian roots would tell him, Fugazi. No. Fugazi. Why does and he say that? Well, he did what he called zapruttering of the video. And that's when you slow it down and you micromanage it and investigate. And he swears that Will Smith stomped his foot like a world wrestling uh, person does when they swing at somebody and they try and make a noise. The, now, I watch the video in slow motion. He doesn't. He doesn't stomp his foot. The didn't. only thing that makes me think it might be it, the only thing that made me think until I see like Chris Rock is the reaction and the raw emotion and anger coming out of Will Smith when he's sitting down. That's not an act. I just can tell tell these things is that Chris Rock stood up there with his hands behind his back the whole time. It was almost like he was waiting to be a punching bag. Like he didn't well, even flinch. He just stood up there with his hands behind his back. Well, he does that because he has the envelope behind his back for the, the best documentary that they were about to give out. So he's got the envelope. That's a typical position for an Oscar presenter but to he, stand he there. he never moves. That slap came up so quickly. I'm sure he was expecting Will Smith to come up and go, come on, man. Or hug him or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something. Say, it's my wife. 
What are you doing? There was, uh, there, it was a nonviolent deconflicting that he was expecting. Yeah, well. And he got Will Smith's right hand pretty strongly. I do think he looked totally surprised. Me too. Agreed. And he was like, it was a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was a G.I.J. joke. The come memes, up. though, that have come out of this, like the, the funniest one, and I'm spending way too much time on this, but it really. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> this is just more. It really made us laugh this morning. When my, my husband sent me a meme. It was the three guys from, uh, what's it called? That show, um, Impractical Jokers. Okay. And they're standing there and they go, now go up there and slap Chris Rock. <laughs> and then okay. there's the middle one. I'm going to send it to you. The middle one is, um, the middle one is Chris is him slapping Chris Rock. And the bottom one is them like hysterically laughing. That's very good. There are some clever ones out there. I've seen uh, a photo of Chris Rock surrounded by Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. And someone has put on Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, Paper and then Will Smith scissors and then there's rock in the middle. <laughs> You've got rock paper scissors right there in front of you. It's stupid. It's just silly. But um, now later in the show, Will Smith wins an Oscar for his portrayal of uh, of the Williams sisters' father from King Richard, Richard Williams, and um, he got pretty emotional and apologized. Uh, did you happen to catch that? I didn't hear his apology yet, but hold on before you go to that. There's okay. another one that I want to tell you. Okay, good. <laughs> it's Andrew Garfield. Do you know who that is? I do not. Andrew Garfield is an actor that played Spider-Man in the recent Spider-Man, but that plot, if you've seen the movie, you'll understand this, but you might not have. I didn't either, but I've heard all about it because my son loves Spider-Man. It was Andrew Garfield texting the other Peter Parkers to see if Will Smith slapped Chris Rock in their universe, too. Oh, no, that's clever. I get that. That's very clever. He's, I, he's on I, his phone. I haven't seen a single Spider-Man movie. Oh. Not one. Well, not this, one. this last one was basically all the Spider-Mans come back because they're all in multiple dimensions. So the, the whole all of them are playing out their role as Spider-Man in, in their different dimensions at the same time. Okay. And then they all end up in one place and they meet each other. Okay. Uh, I, I'm still not going to get me to the theater. Oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't go see it either. I'm just saying. Then there's another one. Everybody hates Chris. And it's. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, that's a very good use of part, part of his life. Then there's the, the cover of the movie Hitch, but it says, bitch, keep my wife's name out your that's good. Here, we're going to listen to his apology now. But I want to say the reason why I'm spending all this time is because this may be the single thing that has united us all in laughter over the past, I don't know, six months. Go ahead. It might. Here's Will Smith after he gets his uh, golden statuette. I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my all my fellow nominee. Uh, hope the Academy invites me back. Thank you. Because I just realized they have a nonviolence policy and I might be forced to hand this statue back in. He didn't apologize to Chris Rock. No, he didn't. He seemed to leave that out. There was a there was another important moment left out of last night's Oscars, too. I don't know if you're aware of this omission from last night. They do the in memoriam segment every year on the Oscars and pay tribute to all the people who died. Oh, Bob Saget was skipped. Oh, come on, Hollywood. Well, there's good reason for that. I mean, why? There's a lot of reasons for that. 
Well, I mean, I, they, actually, I'm wrong. They don't care about potential pedophile stuff. Bob Saget? There were rumors going around for a very long time from Ashley and Mary-Kate. See, I have a friend who wrote on the show, so I find that difficult to believe. I, I never put any... He was a, I, I was introduced to Bob Saget as a child on Full House. And then when I found out he was one of the dirtiest comedians in the world, I was shocked. Oh, filthy. He's filthy. And... And the um, the aristocrats is one of the greatest jokes ever. And Bob Saga was the one who pursued making it a household name. I don't know if you've ever heard the aristocrats joke. I have not. I will not be telling it because A, it's Lent, B, I'm a Catholic, and C, I would like to see my parents in heaven. I will not that be bad? It. it is the filthiest joke ever in the history of the world. Okay. It is. Now, uh, one more or two more brief items, maybe, about the Oscars last night. There was something woke that happened at the beginning. Did you see the very beginning with Wanda Sykes? Didn't she make some stupid comment, which is the reason why probably half the audience right now is like, stop talking about this? Yeah. What did she say? She said this. For you people in Florida, we're going to have a gay night. Just insane. Proving once again that they do not know how to read. Yeah, that's true. No reading happened. And uh, did I have one more thing I went? Oh, oh, yeah. There. Um, I checked the news out of Los Angeles this morning. There was no sign of the smelting of an Oscar from Sean Penn. Oh, he was supposed to do that. Didn't he say he was going to smelt his Oscars in front of everybody? Yeah, yeah. He said Oscar. He was talking to Jim Acosta. Uh, on Saturday night from Warsaw, Poland. And he said, if Vladimir Zelensky is not allowed to speak on the Oscars, like why would Vladimir Zelensky be necessary? I'm going to, I'm going to smelt my Oscar in front of in public. And, and so he has two, I'm guessing he wanted to keep one, but uh, another Hollywood phony. And they were all so, that's why everybody like people are going to be, frustrated at us today but i mean i just wanted to talk about this a little bit yeah we mocked it we had fun with it a little bit i still don't know who won what other than will smith because he apologized i didn't see any of the best picture nominees i didn't didn't see anything the only movie that i found ever that won an oscar that i actually liked was the movie crash see i can't even remember that one It, it that movie touched me so deeply it was a really beautiful movie. It came out, I think, in 2006. Okay, I'm going to have to go back and look it up. It's basically I, a story of, like, all these different people and how their actions somehow affected other people they don't know and how they all ended up together at the end and, and interacting in some way. It was really something. That's kind of like life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's the randomness of life. Yeah. Uh, that's I'm... I love movies. I especially love classic movies and movies with actual character development and plots that don't rely on uh, special effects to get everything done. Yeah. And we seem to have drifted away from that. And, but, uh, and, and I, I give you that information because today happens to be the anniversary of the release of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds from 1963. Ooh which was one of the scariest movies you'll ever see. And it's completely devoid of special effects. Yeah. My mom is scared of that movie. Uh, I still get chills. I remember my parents went out 
to some neighborhood event and the babysitter watched uh, the birds because it was on ABC first time broadcast and I could not sleep. And my mom was so mad at her. But so, yeah, that's I, I, I've given up on that. But we have other stuff. Thank God. Yeah, we we have a president who gives us so many things to talk about. And there's other news to talk about as well. Yes. So let's start, shall we? Yes. Why not? I've got a clip. I think it's okay, good. To start, I think it's good to start it this way. By a fairly large 71 to 28 percent margin, Americans say they do not have a lot of confidence in President Biden's ability to respond to this war. 57 percent. What is going on with this already buffering Russia or will be within a year? A very pessimistic view. 34 percent disagree. What's more, 68 percent would prefer Mr. Biden make the economy his top priority compared with just 29 percent who want him to focus on ending this war. Overall, President Biden's job approval stands at just 40 percent, with 55 percent disapproving. This is his worst showing yet in our poll since he became president. Chuck Todd. He's gone. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's gone. He's gone. Biden's gone. You're I saying think he's they're gone. Gonna, you think they're going to amendment 25 him? No, I think he's going to step down gracefully. But it, rather than be amendment 25. Yep. Side. Yep. Mm. Well, I mean, what did he say over the weekend, for goodness sakes, or just last week? Which one of the weekend announcements was it when he told the American troops they were going to see the war in Ukraine with their own eyes for themselves? That one. And then there was how they wanted to. He basically said they have to uninstall Putin as as the leader of Russia. Like, what is this man doing? He has the nuclear codes. He also said um, that Putin's a butcher. Which he is, but when you're in another country, you don't go out and make a statement like that, and you don't call for regime change, and then your administration, who's backing you up, has to do a cleanup on aisle five all weekend. They had to clean up for the the troop comment. They had to clean up for the uh, the butcher comment. They had to clean up for the cannot remain in office comment. All of this. I. I- if Donald Trump and I know I'm playing the whataboutism game, but if Trump had said that, forget it. You'd never, you, we wouldn't be worried about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. They'd all be talking about he's got to be removed from office. You know, I, um, I, I think that in, if Trump had said that, if Trump had said it, I would have been like, okay, they're trying to telegraph or scare Putin. It's a tactic. Yeah. But with Biden saying it, it's clearly just him going off script and he has no idea what's going on. Clearly. See, that is the reality that those words were not in the script. The 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 calling for Putin not to be in office was nowhere in the script. And he totally went off. And it is regime change. And I, I have it if you want to hear you want to hear the. Uh, yeah exact part of it there. Yeah. Uh, this is Joseph Robinette Biden. Mr. President, do you oh, want- wait, no, this is when he came home. Sorry. I'll play that. I'll play that after, but uh, hold on a second here. I had this here. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause Biden spoke for 28 minutes on Saturday afternoon. It was Saturday night in, uh, in Warsaw. We spoke for 28 minutes and here's the part that really got people nervous. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. God bless you all, and may God defend our freedom, and may God protect our troops. Thank you for your patience. Thank you. 
Thank now, you for your patience. He, yeah, I think he kept him waiting. But uh, at the very beginning of that, when he said, uh, you know, this man cannot remain in power, I think he realized he was saying something really awful and stupid and tried to tamp it down. If you listen to him, he sounds like he's trying to stuff the words back in his mouth, right right there at the beginning. He, listen. He, for God's sake, this man cannot remain power. He kind of stopped. He is doing the same thing he accidentally did when he telegraphed that we had the most uh, sophisticated voter fraud organization in the entire world. <laughs> That's true. We have created the most sophisticated. But now the the speech itself was soaring rhetoric. It was well written, but it was delivered by an incompetent boob who then delivered that that horrible thing. As a matter of fact, just before he said that, he quoted John Paul II. Now you're in Warsaw, you're in Poland, the first Polish pope ever, one of the most beloved popes in the history of popery. He's up there, and it, it was the perfect crafted script for this moment in this place. But Biden managed to screw it up. Here he's quoting the pope. So in this hour... Let the words of Pope John Paul burn as brightly today. Never, ever give up hope. Never doubt. Never tire. Never become discouraged. Be not afraid. You know. Had he stopped right there and just done the close with God bless the our troops, God bless whatever, he's a hero. But no. He, he, he. Mm-hmm. Yes, go okay. ahead. Okay. So I have a bunch of thoughts. He's such a douche because he doesn't give two craps about freedom, Mike, clearly. There's so many things con- con- like coming together all at once on this. And I, I want to put a pepper, a little warning out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. There are, in my opinion, this laptop thing is is really about to blow up. It's, oh, I think you're right. And, and two thirds of the people say it's a huge story. So it's going to be forced to the forefront. I want everybody to be very cautious about this because there are there are things going on right now and things coming out and you know alternative media writing stories and and all that the quote powers that be need is for one outrageous conspiracy theory to come out of this laptop that's not true for them to taint the entire thing. I.e., they're going to just glom on to one of the viral conspiracy theories that comes out of the alternative like media on this laptop that maybe is not um, well done journalism or is sensationalized for clicks. And And if it goes viral, they'll use that and they will try and tank this entire thing unless they are planning to use the laptop, which I think might be the case, to get him to step down. Well, there was a story uh, late last week, and I'm sorry I couldn't be here Friday with you and Frank. A story late last week that Hunter was considering a plea deal that would give him a little bit of jail time and would exonerate or kind of uh, put a wall around his dad. Can you imagine for a second if Don Jr. were to take a plea deal in the middle of Trump's presidency? Oh, my God. Uh, it, It would be he's guilty of everything. And his son's just taking the taking the the fall for. He him. needs to step down. This kid yeah. can't have this. But well, look on the same level. Look what's being done to Ginny Thomas for having an opinion. They want Clarence to step down. Well, 
Because Jenny had an opinion. It's interesting to me, too. A couple different things, okay, about that. Number one, Clarence Thomas was in the hospital and gets out. And all of a sudden, here this is perfectly timed, Mm -hmm. right? So now the House committee apparently releases this text exchange, 20-something text with Mark Meadows, where what we're seeing that she said is some sort of, you know, were theories at the time that were floating around, just like with the laptop, by the way, um, about things that could possibly be happening to save the country at that point in time. And I just want everybody to remember that they edited and falsified Jim Jordan's text messages. That's true. So I don't believe anything right now because they want nothing more than another Supreme Court seat. And they're trying to, they're going to start to try to impeach Clarence Thomas because he didn't follow some, like they're going to say he didn't follow some norms and, and customs that are in place because of his wife. But his wife is, is very active and very, um, she's an activist and is not Clarence Thomas. Yeah. But that that's not allowed to exist on the right side. Oh, it's only allowed to exist on the left side. Let's let's connect all of the dots between the mainstream media and the White House. Let's go back to the discussion of I don't know if we've we've gone deep on ESG. We might need to do an entire show on ESG, on environmental sustainism, sustainability and what is going to be forced on corporations, ultimately on individuals. And the fact that Biden's niece is now the head of ESG for General Motors. You see, I haven't looked into that at all. So you'd be teaching me a thing or two. Uh, that's rare, but it's real. And it's it's on par with social credit scoring in China. What's going on with ESG? So we should carve out some time for that, maybe Wednesday. But the, yeah, this story uh, about a Hunter Biden maybe taking a plea deal is something that should be very seriously considered. The grand jury is still meeting here where I live in Wilmington, Delaware, and the witnesses are supposedly spilling some pretty interesting tea. Well, you're getting the whole golf course um, yeah. portion of this. But but what what outlet printed that story about the plea deal? Uh, if you have my Friday prep, I believe it's in there. I'll have to look and see if I can pull it up, that there there is a, a rumor, a whisper that there may be a plea deal. I'll see if I can find it quickly here. Uh, that that Hunter may take a plea and therefore uh, insulate his father. You know, it's, it's interesting to me because they're putting it out there for a reason. Otherwise, they wouldn't publish it oh, at yeah. all. It's a trial balloon. They put that out there to say, oh, well, how did people react to that? Mm-hmm. And if Hunter goes to jail and uh, well, I wonder if he's going to go to jail for the gun thing, because the gun crime to me is as bad as everything else as the hookers and the the drugs, et cetera, and the money laundering. And, and I mean, they're, they're very, very, um, I think it's National Pulse that's doing a lot of the work to tie Hunter to these biolabs in Ukraine, which to me is just the, the biggest story because they were getting funding. Like they were trying to, through EcoHealth Alliance, they were partnering with like all of these companies, that we're even doing research in terms of like the COVID um, and cover up with COVID. This is such a, it's so much bigger. That's what I kept trying to say. And like, I know that we were on the same page for a good part of this. The Ukraine war quote is not about what they've told us it is. It's just not the, 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 
it goes back so far. And the, the, the elites here in the, this country, along with others and George Soros and all of them, the whole lot of them are clamoring to keep all this under wraps. They cannot have their, their, uh, you know, devil's playground, Ukraine come to the surface. Well, you mean the true story about what's the what's really behind Ukraine? What you use to start the fire is rarely what's actually feeding the fire. Yes. What's feeding the fire is an absolutely enormous amount of corruption, the likes of which people probably can't even fathom by all different types of people under the banner of Ukraine. Yeah. If we were to describe every country in the world as a machine, Ukraine has been a cash machine for the elites, the politicians uh, for decades now. And people have been using Ukraine to launder money, to funnel money through whatever you want to call it. And that suddenly became too hot, apparently. Well, and Russia got Russia got pissed. Oh, yeah, because we were we were cutting off. It, it, we could break this down to a neighborhood drug war. You know, the guys on Grape Street didn't want the guys from 14th coming over and chopping off some of their business. So it got it got ugly between the two streets, the street gangs. And that's basically where we are here. Well, Archbishop Archbishop Carlo Vagano came out and he did an article about this, like in the middle, in the beginning of March. And the title of it is War in Ukraine is a globalist criminal plan. Kind of gets your attention, doesn't it, when it came from an archbishop? Yeah, I mean, he's been coming out for for months. I don't know if you've read anything from him at all. I have not. Oh, Mike, I got to send you his stuff. Thank you. Oh, yeah. This has been going on with him for like a year now. He started talking about this stuff over a year ago. He was talking about the corruption, the globalism, giving examples and, and really speaking out about all this. It's been quite something to read. And he's done it so um, with such, uh, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Such education and such, um, he's very well educated. Okay. Well, you know, most men of the cloth are, especially at the archbishop level. Yeah. You got to pass some kind of a test. Um, by the way, sidebar, uh, Ben Ferguson's podcast actually covered the Hunter plea deal, but I know I have the article that I will find and and share with you. I believe was I put it out in Friday's edition of uh, I do a newsletter for the first TV.com that comes out with all kinds of different links to things. I think that's where it was. Okay. No worries. That's okay. Um, I want to, if you're okay with it, use this to segue into farming. Oh yeah. Because also last week, Joe Biden stood there in front of the world and told everybody that we are going to experience food shortages as though it's like something that we should just laugh about and move on. Well, he said, and he kind of, um, soft pedal this to a slow pedal it slow walked it by us saying that uh the world is going to experience food shortages and pretty much laid it out that it was going to be uh europe and uh the middle east that would experience it. and this relates directly to what's going on with ukraine and russia because they are two of the top five producers of grain and if you don't have grain you're going to have a whole bunch of hungry people in the world. Also, yes. the, 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 the financial um, trend of the cost of fertilizer and what portends crashes in the, in the markets if, if 
fertilizer is spiking to the levels of which it is right now. And therein lies another link to China. Yep. Because we have a uh, a link to China that cannot be denied with the, the crash of fertilizer availability. China has squeezed the fertilizer supply. They've all, we also have a squeeze in propane supply. Propane supply is important to farming because propane is what farmers use to dry their grain to get it to market appropriately and quickly. And with no propane, they can't dry the grain. If they can't dry the grain and try to do it naturally, they're going to have greater waste, which is going to lead to problems for them. So that's a big stinking deal right there. Wait a second. Are you telling me right now that our grain is sprayed down with propane? No, they use it to heat the the the, the grain elevator. <laughs> We're not propaning our grain. <laughs> Grains propane lies mainly in your brain. Yeah. No, it's I'm sorry I went off. Uh, but the farmers need the fertilizer, right? The fertilizer helps them grow more plentiful crops. So we have a problem with the fertilizer costs going up because China has suppressed the fertilizer output. When you tie into that the rise in price of oil and um, the cost that it is imposed on, on everything related to farming, one of the things people don't know about or don't talk about in farming is um, have you ever planted a garden and put out the black uh, polyethylene stuff to keep the weeds from coming up? I've never done that, but I know what it is. Yeah, they come in rolls and you put it on your garden. You, you clean your garden up. You put the roll out so that the weeds don't chuck off the crops. Most farmers put that out. They didn't I do have, that at CHOP. Well, <laughs> they might. Uh, but I, I have a buddy who's into the farming world and has, let's just say, several tens of thousands of acres. And they put this stuff out. They put the, They lay this out before they plant. And last year, the cost of one of those rolls, and it's like 75,000 square feet, was $75. This year, it's $375. And so, yeah, multiply that by every, every part of the farming community that won't be able to support the cost of fuel to move stuff around, that won't be able to put down this black stuff, which is going to create more weeds, and they won't be able to get their hands on the fertilizer. And some of the stuff that kills the weeds has also had a similar rise because it's made in a similar way that the fertilizer is and the propane shortage. We are facing what really is the perfect storm in farming. And a couple things. Number one, when are we going to realize this? Um, the 12th. Of, of April? Of never! That's a musical <laughs> reference. And that's a long, long time. No, I don't think we're ever coming around to this until people start realizing the empty shelves in the grocery store are serious. No, no, no. I know that. But when is that going to happen? Like, so obviously this stuff is causing them trouble right now. Growing season starts when? When will they want to harvest? When will this be passed on to the consumer? Well, growing season has already started. You know, we have different different regions in the country that have all kinds of connections to different products, different things they can grow mm -hmm. because of the weather. It's 25 degrees in Delaware this morning, so we're not growing anything. But there are parts of your neighborhood that are nice and warm, yep. and there are parts of Florida. So different seasons will see the effects, 
And I'm wondering if the seasons, the people up north are going to have an even greater effect because inflation is not curtailing. As Janet Yellen told us last week, it's not going to slow down. So in terms of, well, what do you have on the farming stuff today? Because you have, was that it, what you you were just talking about? I gave you a basic summary. This is from Doomberg. Uh, they have a great Substack. It's kind of a take on Bloomberg. It's also linked in um, in Zero Hedge as a, a distillation of it too. But once you realize that the issue with uh, fertilizer, the issue with natural with um, uh, propane, the issue with the the um, insecticides or pesticides that help keep the the stuff growing, all of this is going to put severe upward pressure on every part of food in our world. And then you combine the loss of access to two of the top five grain producers in the world of Ukraine and and Russia in that belt in in the world, we are headed for a real bad situation. I feel like, like obviously this is all being done on purpose. Um, I just think that they're- You know, China did it on purpose. You know, China sat on the fertilizer on purpose. So that's definitely there. So why wouldn't the others also be purposeful? Yeah, and you you just have to think like honestly, I think all the the the, the people who really were, like try to run the world are like, okay, well, COVID didn't work. Now we've got to do something else. And you know, this is what happens when there are people. I, I would would you would you agree with me when I say I, that the world as a whole are kind of waking up to the BS that's going on around them every day. Oh, I think there's a great awakening happening. People talk about the Great Reset. I think there's an awakening going on that's bigger than the reset. And if you wanted to, um, if you were on the on the you know the losing end of this awakening, i.e., people can smell the BS from a mile away now, you would do anything and everything that you could possibly do to hold on to the power that you are losing because people can see through your BS. And yeah. one of those things is to control the food supply and keep people dependent on whatever and scared and upset and fearful and angry because then they'll fight with each other and not with you. Oh yeah. If you can keep people focused on keeping their stomachs full or at least half full, which is what, you know, is going to happen in many parts of the world. uh, They won't worry about what you're doing in your neighborhood. Oh, by the way, I forgot Uh, diesel. Another uh, important significant thing for, Farming is facing a global supply supply crunch as well. There's no real supply crunch. There's just men who think they, not men like as in they have a, a hoo-ha, but men in general as a human race who think that they have, they, they think that they, they can, you know, rule over everybody, which is probably starting to make people realize that, yeah, when everybody talked about globalism, it was actually real. I mean, who's going to be the one to stand up and say enough already? There's well, got to be somebody good out there. Where are they? We're starting to see it. And and maybe we'll start to see it this week as people are getting more and more and more information. This this story I talked about with the farmers is uh, it's really a long story, but it deserves everybody's attention. Oh, oh by the way, um, Governor Whitmer out of uh, Michigan, mm. you know, the pipeline she was trying to shut down pipeline five. Yep. Brings a lot of that natural gas in. We have 35 days of reserve supply of natural gas right now in the country. Wow. Uh, Not natural gas, propane. Uh, Propane, 35 days. Wow. 
And the one industry that relies on it more than you and your backyard barbecuing is farming. You know, the crazy thing about her right now is as we're talking about BS, if you've been following along with Julie Kelly's reporting, because we had her on, um, I don't know, I guess right after the new year to talk about her book. And she's been doing a very, very good job of following along with this case that remember before, like before the election, they arrested all those people who supposedly were trying to kidnap her. Yeah. Yeah. That whole. And there were some uh, planted agents in there. I three believe. quarters of the people in there were a- agents. Only, only three quarters. So that tr- those try that trial is going on right now. And they were actually at trial exposing all of this stuff in real time. And she's following along and writing about it because it parallels January 6th. It was like their trial run, even down to the language they used, Mike. Hmm. And she's been, yeah. They might have been rehearsing something. Uh, They could have been. The other, one of the things that she keeps on saying is they had a camera that they installed at Governor Whitmer's like property that was pre-installed before this happened, like right before. So like they were literally setting them up and then, you know, they spent like the one informant guy that they took because he was like in debt and he had all kinds of problems. They gave him like, I don't remember the number. It was like some exorbitant amount of money to do all this. And then they would like pay these guys. And then the guys were like, well, we don't have any money for this stuff. And they'd be like, well, we'll buy it. And here's a class on how to make a bomb. Like it's, it's insane. So like all of this stuff is going on at the same time. All of these like parallel narratives, not just, you know, this country has got its own problems. But if you, you think that we're not wrapped up into the rest of the world with this BS. And I'm just saying that all these people who are are holding on to power like it's going out of style because they know that their BS is being like, that's why they're I think that they have to get rid of Biden. And I think they don't have a choice. People are too. If Chuck Todd is reporting a 40 percent approval rating, what do you think it really is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, because the polls are never swayed, are they? Especially the ones NBC reports on. Like, I think that they have meetings and they're like, look, we can say 40. If we say 20, it's going to look obvious. Yeah. We have to gently nudge them in. We'll have to get them down to 25. And then he'll realize, oh, I better get on here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I I will send you a link to the the story of Farmers on the Brink. Okay. And uh, I'll post it on my Twitter account, which I know they they put you on uh, Exile Island and Twitter. But I put it out there, and it's only important, people, if you eat. You should only read this if you eat. Yeah, it's it's yes. If you're um, a model, don't don't read it. It'll just waste your time. Really quickly before we go today, I just wanted to say on UncoverDC.com, we had a couple of really great columns come out over the weekend. One was. Um, a a really, really detailed breakdown of True the Votes testimony in front of the Wisconsin, um, what was it, the, the House or the Senate? I don't remember which one. Uh, the, the cell phone geolocation data, 7% of mail-in votes were affected in Wisconsin by this. 7%. Wow. And wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wendy did that one. And then we had, um, we had one that came out where... Um, Wendy discusses state by state a breakdown of all of the legislation that has successfully passed and then what legislation has had issues in terms of voter integrity. Okay, that's on uh, UncoverDC.com. Yeah. And should be read. Maybe we'll dive into that. 
Uh, Real Clear Politics yep. has a piece from our friend uh, John Lott, and I don't know if you've you've taken a look at that. I think it's brand new today. Came out early this morning. It's commentary, obviously, but um, it, it shows a peer-reviewed research of the 2020 voter fraud and actually found voter fraud. No, that's all just a big conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah it's out there, and it isn't just Republicans. Even 34% of Democrats believe it, as do 34% of those who still somewhat support Biden. So uh, this is uh, this is out there on uh, RCP. So go to UncoverDC.com, and if you want more backup on it, uh, John Lott's got something on it, and uh, it's pretty darn interesting. It's a little disturbing that it took this long. Yeah, no, agreed. And um, real quick, before we sign off, what did you think, because I had such great feelings about it, what did you think about President Trump dropping the F-bomb when he was talking about global warming? I missed that one. That was Saturday night. Oh, you want to hear it? Yes, I do, because I, I have a radio show on Saturday night, and I don't always get to all of the rallies. Hold on, I'm pausing it really quickly so I can find it, because I didn't have it ready. That's all right. I I, I have a, a great Pelosi clip that we have to play, too, before we get out of here. All right, hold on. Here we go. And yet you have people like John Kerry worrying about the climate, the climate. Oh, I heard that the other day. Here we are, guys, threatening us. He's worried about the ocean will rise one hundredth of one percent over the next 300 fucking years. I I love him. You have to send that to me. Yes, sir. Uh, Please. Uh, also, congratulations, Mr. President. I understand you got another hole in one. That's the second, I believe. He had the first one happen at Pebble Beach, and there were many, many witnesses before he was president. And then over the weekend, he allegedly, reportedly got a uh, hole in one playing golf, and uh, the left can't handle it. They're mm-hmm. losing mud. Yeah, because that's really, really, uh, I love how he triggers them. And I, I, I being from New York, I love that Donald Trump doesn't care because I've gotten comments, uh, Mike, on the show from folks. And I totally understand when we get a little loose with our language. But Frank and I are both New Yorkers. And I know it sounds stupid. Oh, New Yorkers, they have potty mouth. We do. Like, it's just normal speech for us. Okay, I, I have scientific data that was released this weekend. You can look it up. It's on on Al Gore's amazing Internet, as my friend Chris says. Um, cursing helps reduce pain, especially when you curse like a sailor. So scientific evidence there to prove that, uh, before we get out of here, we talked about Joe Biden and, uh, Nancy Pelosi kind of still loves him. I, I don't know if you heard this, but you, you have to hear this. I will in a second. You need more than a second or just I'll take as many ready. seconds as you'll give me. I'm ready. Okay. Joe Biden is a great president. He is a gift. As I've said to him, don't say I told you this, but what I've said to him sometimes, I'm glad you didn't win before because we really needed you to win now for president. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. He's perfect for now. Now, did you catch the very end of this? He's perfect for now. He's perfect for now. Mm. Little warning there, Nancy. Mm. I love it when they say the honest truth, and that's such a rarity. It's the wrap-up smear. It is the wrap-up smear. It's perfect for now. 
All right, that's my that's all I got today. You have been listening to the Dark Delight podcast with Mike fucking Opelka. <laughs> Feeling no pain. <laughs> beans on my baby's birthday. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify and RadioInfluence.com We will see you on Wednesday. Sorry, Mom. This is a Rock Stops Here with Rock Riley Quick Fix on Radio Influence. This is really, really, really one of my favorites. I had not met her personally until this podcast that you're going to hear right now. As a matter of fact, I stopped her from walking. She was walking at a brisk pace. Where do you hear how this one went down and how cool she is? I'm talking about my guest on the rock stops here, Jane Slater from NFL network. I'm not a big person that, that sits around and says we have to have X amount of women at the table. X, you know, I, I'm not big on necessarily checking the box. I'm big on the right people for the right job, but you have to get an opportunity, right? There weren't a lot of opportunities early on. So there weren't enough women to make me think, well, that was a career lane for me. Um, and even in college, when I started sending out resume tapes, you know, I wasn't good enough to just jump to ESPN and we didn't have all these blog sites or digital platforms to just go from college to the NFL. So my first job market was in Tyler, Texas, and they just weren't open to the idea of a a girl carrying around a 50 pound camera, cutting highlights and having her own show. And so I spent eight years doing hard news, producing, field producing, you name it. But I think it's made me so good at this job now because I know how to build sources contacts. I can go to a press conference and say, that's the lead. Uh, Here's the video that I need. And because I've worked behind the scenes, I can help my producers do their job. And so I think, you know, I always tell people that I mentor, you may not get the job you want to begin with, but take whatever job you can get. Don't stay too long, but get as much equity in, in this profession as you can, because it will pay off down the road. The Rock Stops here with longtime radio and TV personality Rock Riley is found anywhere you find podcasts and RadioInfluence.com.